0: Welcome to So Here's The Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Laila Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hello, friends. I am so excited to throw this bonus episode out there this week. I have loved the response to the Ask Me Anything episodes that I've put out in the past, and I'm ready to answer a couple of more for you guys. Um, These two questions come up a lot and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous to answer the first one, but I'm going for it anyway because that's what we do here. Quick note if you have a question, a topic, or a guest that you want to request or suggest, DM our team at So Here's the Thing Podcast on Instagram or send us a message at So Here's the Thing Podcast.com. All right, so the first question is the one I'm a little nervous about. Um, Not too long ago, when I opened up the Creative Educator Academy, I also started a newsletter called Teachable Tuesdays. And the Academy is all about teaching creative entrepreneurs how to become a really effective educators and in keeping with that overarching goal I started the newsletter to help give some free content that would steer people in the right direction in terms of best practices as an educator or as a leader or at least to like steer people away from the wrong direction or the wrong trends that I was noticing in in creative education. If you don't know my background already, I was a high school teacher for years before I became an entrepreneur, before I became a creative educator, and I had the opportunity to teach and be in the classroom and write curriculum for our school district, and so education is really important to me. So all of that to say, the question I get a lot when I put out a call for Ask Me Anything requests is, what are your pet peeves when it comes to educators in the creative industry? And I am going to answer this, but I wanna go ahead and put out the disclaimer that I obviously don't know everything, I'm not claiming to, these are clearly just my opinions. I am not trying to target anyone or call anyone out for a behavior or a practice that they themselves have deemed as best practices for their business or for their education. I'm just stating my opinions and my experience. I'm sharing it all with you guys. And what I've found to be a pet peeve of mine, and of course, in the interest of being productive, with this education and in this episode, I'm also gonna provide an alternative or an action step to steer away from that pet peeve or to turn that into something that's a little bit more positive um, because they don't believe in just complaining for complaining's sake or calling out behaviors and not giving you guys the chance to remedy them or to kind of get ahead of them. So with that disclaimer out of the way, let's move on to the first of two quick pet peeves I'm gonna mention and I'm gonna share on this episode. The first one is that I'm not a fan of when educators take credit or responsibility for the victories of their students. And hear me out on this. Obviously, do I believe that a quality educator plays a role in the victory and the success of their student, yes of course i do of course i believe that obviously a high level educator who pours so much knowledge so much work so much experience into their students and into their mentorships or coaching they're obviously going to play a huge role in the success of that said student however What bothers me and what is my actual pet peeve is that a lot of times I've noticed that coaches, leaders, educators in the creative industry, they use the success of their students without that student's permission in order to kind of market or elevate themselves to prospective coaching clients, to prospective students. And in doing so, they're unknowingly and unintentionally definitely unintentionally chipping away at that little victory that that student is experiencing at the launch that they've put together at the news that they're sharing with their audience and so obviously i find issue with that um, of course there are exceptions to every rule and there's always going to be students who are totally fine shouting out their experience with their educators um, and really you want them to shout that experience from their rooftop on their own time that's perfect that's what we want um, what we don't want Is an educator who takes their students' launch or announcement or success or victory, and that educator, we don't want them to announce it to the world with an undertone of, you know, like, go check out my student. They're so successful because of all of the work that we did together. Let's congratulate them because they would have never made it without me. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, I'm using a little bit of hyperbole here, but you get it. Like, we don't want educators who take credit for the victories of their students in the wrong time, in the wrong way, without any kind of tact and without their student's permission. Now, an action step, um, a way to steer away from this would be asking for testimonials of your students and then using them at the appropriate time when maybe when they're not in the middle of their huge announcement or their launch, doing them the courtesy of making sure that they're okay with you, even publicly announcing something in the first place. There's a lot to be said with keeping things confidential. And so really... To me, a lot of it is timing, a lot of it is, again, using testimonials that you've requested that are in the words of your students, not in your own words. There are a lot of really great ways to handle this, to use testimonials, to really elevate yourself um, and market yourself as a coach, but you wanna be really overly cautious, you wanna use a lot of tact, and you really want your students to be the ones who are singing your praises, who are referring you, who are talking about you on their own time, and that time is usually not in the middle of whatever it is that they've been working so hard to get off the ground, to get into the world. You wanna celebrate them in their own right, and then celebrate yourself later on. The second pet peeve I'm gonna share is educators who air their dirty laundry publicly. Now this boils down to not accepting the responsibility that comes with being a leader. As a leader, things do not always go the way that you want them to, that is a given. But you're also in the position of taking the high road and of being very cautious of what you put out into the social world. Not long ago, as an example, I noticed a creative educator get on social media and blast out a grievance that they had with a former student. Like, even if there was validity to that situation, throwing a statement out there that's full of anger and emotion just makes you, the leader, the educator, look bad. As a leader, and quite frankly, it would make me hesitate as a prospective student or client, it would definitely make me hesitate to invest with you in fear that one day I could possibly misstep and get that same anger directed at me. Now, there are ways to tactfully share best practices. That is not one of them. I'm going to take it a step further. If you were scrolling through whatever social media it is that you scroll through, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, TikTok these days, who knows, and you saw a drama-filled post with accusations being flung out and anger, what would your response as an onlooker be? Even if you were like, yeah, man, that's messed up, the damage to the reputation of the leader in this situation is what's going to stick with you. Their response is what will stick with you. So you want to remember that your response to the situation that you're given is what ends up being the thing that sticks into the minds of your prospective students, your prospective clients. And so my advice here is to handle these situations with tact. And if you want to make it a teachable moment for you, for the public, if it really, really affected you and impacted you as an educator, and you really want to teach on it, take the emotion out of it. If that means you have to wait to share on it, then wait to share on it. Take that emotion out of it and that way you're educating and you're still looking like the mature and elevated leader that you are. Once you hit publish on things in a social media platform, you cannot take them back. And so giving people that perspective of you will not disappear even if you delete the post later. So please take your time. Do not air your dirty laundry as an educator. Okay, those are the two quick pet peeves I'm going to share with you on this episode. I can link the email newsletter for my Teachable Moments email series in the show notes at SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com if you guys want more of these quick perspectives on being a leader. Are you a creative who's interested in becoming an educator? Our industry is full of opportunities to make impact through education, but you might not have the training that you need to be equipped as a top-notch educator. Maybe you have the heart to serve and the knowledge to back it up, but how can you ensure that you're also an excellent teacher? Join in at the Creative Educator Academy, designed to help creatives like you take their zone of genius and turn it into impactful education without any prior training. If that sounds like something you need to take your career as an educator to the next level, head to the creativeeducatoracademy.com or visit the show notes for the link and start creating effective and impactful education today. Okay, so on to the next ask me anything question. I'm gonna keep flying through this. I know that I promise bite sized episodes, but this is a question that I get everywhere, not just when I ask people for requests, but in general, people ask me all the time How do I pitch myself to get onto a podcast as a guest? All right, so first off, I'm gonna link a couple of previous episodes where we have dived into the idea of pitching yourself. I'll link them in the show notes. Being a podcast guest is a great way to share your knowledge. It's a great way to add publicity to your business. It's a great way to network and get your name out there. There are so many positives to being on a guest on a podcast, and it doesn't cost you anything to do. You can do it from anywhere. It's a really great return for the time that you invest, but you've obviously got to get invited on first. So I'm going to share a few quick tips on what to do and what not to do when pitching podcasts. There's obviously a lot more that I could say that I can get through in this bite-sized episode. And again, disclaimer, I know that every show and hosts are different, but I'm happy to share these quick tips with you guys in hopes that it'll give you a really solid starting point in sharing my experience. So two quick things you should do when pitching. So the first thing is probably the most important, at least in my opinion, you want to be very clear and very specific on what it is you want to talk about. I get pitched daily by people who want to be a guest, but who have no clear topic or an unclear description of the topic that they're pitching. And what I hear most that's most alarming is if I ask for a topic and the response is, whatever you want me to speak on. That's crazy, you guys. That's insane. That is a huge red flag to me. Like, yes, I'm sure that as a human being, you have a lot of knowledge to offer, but I can't hand select what you're best at, what you're well-versed on. I can't choose that for you. So you don't wanna put any more work onto the host or onto their team. You wanna make it easy for people to say yes to you. Be really clear, concise, and specific on your topic, on the description, on what value you can bring to the table. The second thing you should be doing is putting in the time to select the right fit for your applications. Listen to a few episodes of the show that you're pitching to make sure that it makes sense for you to pitch them. I know that it seems safer to cast a wide net and to try to get on as many shows as possible, but if you haven't done any research, you could end up in a conversation that just does not make sense for you. It doesn't make sense for you, for the host, or for their audience, and that's just a waste of everyone's time. So yeah, just take the time to do some research, make sure it's a good fit before pitching them and before telling them in your pitch that it's going to be a great fit. You really want to put in that research on the front end. Now, two quick things not to do when you're pitching. Do not just slide into the DMs on social or pitch yourself in person. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ask about the process. You can't say like, hey, do you have an application? Like, how can I get this information into your hands? But don't just jump into an ask. Do a little research first. Look on their website for an application. Listen to their show. Look at their show notes. Send a... Friendly email asking if they have an application process or what that looks like for them. And again, be clear on your topic or on the value that you feel like you can bring to their platform. The second thing not to do when pitching is really kind of sounds fluffy, but I promise you it's not. Do not get discouraged by a no. So much goes into deciding what guests to bring on to podcasts from the timeliness of the topic choice, like if a guest had already come on recently to talk about the same topic, to the volume of episodes being recorded at any given time. If there's like a backlog of tons of episodes and they're not bringing guests on at the moment, a lot of times a no just means not right now. And while it's a really good idea to reevaluate every time you do hear a no and just make sure you're offering the best pitch. It could really just be something totally out of your hands. So I wanted to share that because I feel like a lot of people are quick to give up on pitching if they're hearing like, no, 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 but maybe after a couple of reevaluations, pitch again, try a different audience, do some more research, find a show that fits in with what you are bringing to the table and pitch them next. All right. I know I flew through all of that so quickly. Thanks for hanging out with me here on the solo bite size episode. If you guys have any topics or questions that you want answered, again, you can just jump into our DMs on Instagram at So Here's the Thing podcast or send us a message at So Here's the Thing Podcast.com. And if you have a minute, I would so appreciate and love if you would leave a review over on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It just helps us get in front of the right people and helps us get this content out there. So. So thanks again for tuning in. You guys are the best. I will catch you guys on the next episode. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.